0: Hey, uh, welcome to Reanimated, guys. This is episode three hundred and sixteen. Today, uh, it's me, Stuart, in California. We also have Ha Conrad coming at us from Brooklyn. Good day, Ha. Good day. Hi. And from the great north, uh, the the Kyle uh, special guest Kyle is here. The Kyle the special Kyle. guest <laughs> special guest Kyle is here um, to help us uh, process the trauma of this show we're about to start reviewing. Hmm. Hi, Kyle. I liked the good day can i do a good day too? good day good day sir we we do pride ourselves on propriety, propriety here <laughs> um so we're so yeah we're we're gonna be getting into all of us are dead a new show from netflix which um we keep talking to one another about how we didn't know we thought it was a movie based on the trailer when we first saw it then we discovered that it was a show, and then as Kyle and I were talking before we started recording today, holy crap! It's twelve episodes, and each of them are an hour long. This is yeah, uh, this is a project, not not just for us, but for the showrunners. <laughs> my God,
1: I think we're gonna maybe have to do two episodes at a time after this. We might, um we might. and then I have some commentary, which I you know my commentary on having a show like this for this many episodes is that I, I feel like it's going to get a little repetitive, but I could be wrong. Um, I so mean, we'll yeah,
0: 12, like this is all three of the extended cut uh, Lord of the Rings movies. I mean, yeah, exactly. Well, so well, yeah. Um, so we have a little bit of news to get through before we can start talking about this show. Um, so uh, I'll go ahead and launch with the, the first one, which was an announcement for a new comedic series uh, starring zombies, but uh, coming from Julie Pleck and Kevin Williamson. I believe Kevin Williamson has some scream uh, heritage. He had something to do with that film. Um, And this is, I believe the uh, elevator pitch is, it's kind of like, well, what what I read from the uh, Deadline article was, it kind of reads to me like Purge, meets yeah. Walking Dead because uh, it's, a, it's a suburban family preparing for this day that happens every year when the undead rise and attack the living.
1: Yeah, and these these are the folks that brought us Vampire Diaries, so I am not necessarily fully uh, convinced that this will be excellent, but Maybe worth checking out to see what's what when, it, when when we decide, you know, after we get through our 12 episodes of, all, of this particular series. Yeah, um,
0: there's a lot of CW going on in this show,
1: mm-hmm. but, you know,
0: and it's called Dead Day. I don't know if I said that, but yeah, so Dead Day, uh, I guess I'm not sure when we can expect it. I think it's still in fairly early, like announcement phase. Yeah, um, but it could be interesting.
2: Definitely jury's still out. This uh, news article has very kind of like um, generic quotes from everybody involved. Like, "Dead Day" combines an exciting, high-concept yep. premise with relatable characters and real emotions," said Lisa Katz, president of scripted content for NBC Universal. Like, this, is just like, yeah, <laughs> it's nothing specific there whatsoever. She probably gave that same quote about six different shows that day.
1: Yep.
2: Yeah, that that does not
0: that does not do much for me.
1: It actually felt like a pitch like that particular (laughs) description it was just like is this what you used for your pitch and getting this off the ground i don't know um
0: an emotional unexpected and totally bingeable also very uh nondescript okay well that's dead day let's keep an eye on it um i don't particularly have super high expectations now ha what i'm curious is did you see this piece this next one about Riyadh? In your uh, I did. And reviews. I actually,
1: I saw this and I was going to put this in, but you beat me to it. Um, and I have a lot of questions. This is, I mean, it feels like it's not sustainable. Um, it is a really, and it seems like things that may not necessarily mix together, like, you know, eating and gore. Um,
0: Saudis and gore, frankly, I mean, me. Right.
1: The whole thing feels a little... And actually, one of the best things about this particular article was some the quotes from some of the people attending. Like, <laughs> yes. I couldn't eat a thing or I love it. And it just like sort of splice between the the weird theme of this restaurant, which is basically a horror themed restaurant where people are dressed like like horror actors, like they're kind of like dressed up, but there's also like dishes that get served. Um I, I just don't know how you would sustain something like this, but good for that good on them for trying. And the fact yeah. that this is like something that's happening there is kind of strange. But you know, um I guess we'll have to to see what happens. Um, it's, it's
0: a really weird blend for me between like Rainforest Cafe or Planet Hollywood I, and, and and I don't know, yeah, the Kingdom of Saudi Arabia. Like what I wouldn't expect either of those restaurants there either and this is going off the deep end.
1: Right. I, um, I mean, I will say I could potentially see something like this in Tokyo maybe, but maybe as like a pop-up or something. Like That's what it kind of feels like to me, not something that would be sustainable. Um, I don't know, um, but you know.
2: There's two things that, that strike me here. The first is that the, the like headline picture in this article is, of a woman sitting at a table with like just a totally cheesy Halloween, you know, f- there's probably 50 of these on my block on Halloween uh, mm-hmm. skeleton. And she looks so bored. Like she's,
1: yeah. she's like, taking she's like, a picture. She's like checking her phone. Yeah. And she's,
2: she just not care about where she is at all. Um, but th- this specific experience aside, I, I I would be down for just a, you know, uh, culture-wide reinvigoration of the theme restaurant. I have a very fond memory of the Rainforest Cafe and <laughs> um, medieval times in Vegas uh, when I was a kid. And then when I lived in New York, there was a restaurant in Manhattan somewhere called like Mars 2112 where you like entered through a, like a kind of a spaceship ride and then it was like a, you know, like a futuristic restaurant bar thing. And I just think it's, I just think it's awesome. Like restaurants are boring. Let's mix it up a little bit. Let's have some sort of theme like this. I'm, I'm all for that regardless of the specifics of of this particular place.
1: Yeah. Um, I recall Mars 2012 and, um, it closed in, in 2012 and, you know, um,
2: oh, only a hundred years shy,
1: only a hundred years shy. Um, <laughs> And I don't know. I think that there's something like this in Times Square, like a like a weird thing where you take like an elevator up. Um, but this stuff isn't my cup of tea. Just in terms of, I don't generally like to mix dining and, you know, themes. I guess medieval times feels a little different to me somehow because there's kind of like a show going on. Are you right? really
0: going to the medieval times for the food, like the, well, tur- no, the turkey but- leg and the the, the flagon know, of but- mead?
1: But to me, it's not necessarily about the dining there. It's more about the That's what I
0: mean, yeah, it's it's about but, the jousting and the
1: I mean, there's jousting. But mm-hmm. anyway, um, I don't know. This is maybe, you know, I think the closest I ever got to this, there is like um, and this is the only time I've ever been to Japan and why I mentioned that I thought this might be a thing you could find in Tokyo. But um, a friend of ours was living there at the time and he was like oh we should go to this go to this restaurant you're going to love it <laughs> and it was like a gothic steakhouse kind of and um you know the waiters had like well at least the one that we had had their like uh, eyeballs dyed and they were all like very tricked out and it was in like i don't know if it was a former church or whatever but it was like the closest to this kind of thing Um, I think I've ever been in, the food was actually really good, shockingly, Um, but that almost felt less of a, it was more of like, like set dressing versus like, and I guess the waiters, maybe it was a rule you had to have your eyeballs dyed. I don't know. Um, And dress like Robert Smith. They all looked like Robert Smith for the most part. Um, But I don't know. Uh, we'll have to keep track of this. this I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> we'll have to keep track of this restaurant in Riyadh to see. Like, I just want to know how, like, your day of getting ready. It's it's really horrible to be a waiter anyway or a waitress. And then to have this added element as part of your getting ready. It, I mean, there could be a movie just based upon the waitstaff here, in my opinion. So,
2: Also in New York, what's the diner where they sing at you?
1: Oh, the Hollywood? No, no, no. That's um, true. um, There's, it was. it's, I don't know if it's still there actually. Chicago, no, you just that. have
0: uh, restaurants where people insult you, like Ed DeBevick's and uh, the Wiener's
2: Circle. That's just, that's just, uh, is that, that's not a requirement of their job though. That's just like extracurricular, right? I think, oh, it, I think it, it might be a requirement. Wait, okay. Are we talking about the singing or the insulting? <laughs> no, the singing. Yeah. It, uh, at, uh, there was one restaurant where like, musical theater kids would, would go work because it, it was a requirement that you sing.
1: Yeah, it's the um it's the start uh the stardust diner, uh Ellen uh, Diner. Uh, that,
2: that one always struck me as just like, what if you just, you know, were tired that day and didn't feel like <laughs> like belting out show tunes and just wanting to get through your shift.
1: Well, Um, and if you think about it in the times of COVID, probably not the best idea to have people belting out show tunes in a small space. Maybe Um, they just have
0: to hum quietly.
1: (laughs) Yes, Or like just cue cards. Imagine that I'm singing right now. (laughs) Um, We've replaced
0: all of our singers with mimes. uh, So enjoy the show. Um, (laughs) in, in, In video game news, uh, I don't know if you remember, H.A. or Kyle, if you've if you ever heard of this of sh- uh, this game, there's a Walking Dead game called Saints and Sinners. It's VR only. Uh, so I, I had kind of relegated it to the VR world, which has never really taken off to the extent that people thought it would. Um, but this is the first Walking Dead IP video game that I've heard of getting a sequel other than maybe mobile games, which are always more popular than they deserve. Um, So Saints and Sinners is getting a sequel is the big news. And to me, that's just impressive because I haven't seen anything else good come out of this IP for for video games. And a lot of the time when you take an existing IP like Marvel or Star Wars, those video games don't tend not to live up to the hype.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think you and I talked about this when there was like a trailer out for whatever. I mean, it Mm -hmm. looks good. So people seem to be excited about it.
0: Yeah, and, and the, the demo that we looked at, I remember like it. it you were like crushing skulls, with yeah, your no, hands it was great. in VR, uh, and so that seemed really engaging. But uh, I wasn't sure, you know, because I just I don't even know what the sales numbers are for like Oculus and um, the other VR headsets, and which one this is on. But I can't imagine that they're moving like massive numbers.
1: Hmm um yeah i i don't know well i guess we'll have to to wait and see but people seem to be excited about it so i guess we'll have to see Exc- what, what
0: excited enough anyway i mean this is also i don't know how much amc has to do with uh with rolling these things out but they they continue to push out uh walking dead tv shows regardless of the quality so right. or the audience
1: Mm, uh, that is true. That is true. Um, and speaking of other Walking Dead spin offs, uh, the next and last bit of news before we hop into our review of All of Us Are Dead, or the first episode anyway, um, there is a sort of spin off graphic novel coming out in June. There's a trailer for it. It's called Clementine, and it's based upon the uh, one of the Walking Dead video games, uh, the Telltale game storyline. Um, and uh, the trailer is actually kind of cool to watch. Um, the thing that I got a kick out of, which I did know, that, like, like I had heard this before I saw the trailer, but there's like an Amish kid sidekick, which I just think is hilarious. So, <laughs> um, And he looks great. He looks great. But yeah, the-
0: Amish kids could probably wield a scythe pretty well, good with their hands.
1: Yeah, so I am, you know... Um, I I might check this out when it comes out. Um, and this is by Tilly Walden, um, and she's done she's done a few different graphic novels. Um, and ha- actually has kind of a cool background. Like as a kid, she was like a competitive figure skater, and so actually one of her one of her graphic novels is about that. Um, and act- she was inspired by Scott McCloud. Took a workshop with him, and that's how she got into um, doing you know like manga and all this other stuff. Um so
0: when so so. there's just one name on the cover of a graphic novel is is this person the story the writer or are they the artist or how do you she, usually
1: In this case she is both. So she is wow. the creator, writer, the penciler and the inker. Um if somebody was else was involved, they both both of them would be on there.
0: Triple threat.
1: So she's everything. Um but uh, yeah, so I'm, I'm going to have to put this to, in my notes to check out when it actually comes out.
0: I mean, I've, I've played a couple of those telltale kind of point and click adventure games about The Walking Dead. I did not get to all of them, but the story was pretty robust and Clementine was one of the more captivating characters. And you kind of got to see her grow up, I think, at least into tween years yep. uh, during that show. When you first meet her, she's like a little kid, like eight uh, which is kind of and, terrifying for the zombie apocalypse.
1: I know. And this is this is definitely a YA comic and that it's supposed to be sort of continuing the storyline, I guess, after whatever the storyline was, in, her storyline in the game, wherever it ended. So, um, and oh, sorry, there was one more item. Um, that I missed. Sorry, go ahead, Stuart. Because this is your. Oh, your no, deal. it's
0: it's really just me going, which <laughs> is that. Uh, Dying Light Two comes out on February fourth, and I'm pretty excited to check that out. And if you don't recall, that is the game of zombies parkour, uh, night and night and day. And your choices have um, in the, in in Dying Light Two, your choices in the story will have um, are supposed to have. Uh, knock-on effects in the environment like you choose to support one faction over another and that factions um like ethos gets reflected in the landscape like if they are environmentalists suddenly there is more green if they are industrialists the city is darker and smokier I think is kind of what I remember from the trailer that I saw a while back but yeah that's coming out soon and um you know, environment aside, it does have fast zombies and nighttime scarier zombies. So I'm pretty excited about it.
1: All right. Well, I'm not, you'll have to tell us all because I'm not this, as you know, and it's not because I don't like games. It's definitely, I like games probably too much. And if I get hooked, I will get hooked. And so, um, you know, I, I have to to leave it. I had to delete like Tetris for my phone because that's how how bad it is
2: that's pretty weak
1: I know and that's not even you know one of these really involved games so
0: also Um, last night I did my first wordle before going to bed
1: mm, I think it's boring personally I think it's kind of lame but I'm
2: super addicted to the wordle
1: Really, come on. Yeah. It's no,
2: it's, exciting. it's super fun. Um, but for uh traditional style video games, I play about one video game very slowly every like over the course of like two or three years. So, okay. so I'm like slowly working my way through God of War, which came out in like 2018 or something like that. Right? It just and got, got little, released on episodes.
0: it, just got released on PC. Are you playing it on your PlayStation? Yeah, yeah, it just well, got least, released on PC, yeah. so it's been in the news a lot lately.
1: So Kyle, do you like, but when you play, it's not like you like can stop yourself from playing, right? Like you can't, you don't, you're not like, I need to stay up through the night and finish this, right?
2: No, it's more like, it's more like I, I, you know, m- my wife doesn't want to watch what I want to watch that night and she wants to watch her own show. And so instead I play a video <laughs> game for an hour like that. That's like, I, it's in tiny little dribs and drabs for me right now.
1: Yeah. Well, I'm not capable of doing that. <laughs> <laughs> so better better leave that off my my roster um it
2: looks like can i can i jump backwards just for a minute to clementine it looks like she is uh, an amputee is that am i understanding this oh, picture right I, is she
1: um
0: i mean there's a long rich history of walking dead characters who are amputees so she has some sort of like uh skate looking thing on, on oh she foot. does have a foot missing
1: um, I guess I missed that, Kyle. So well done.
0: <laughs> Maybe that was in the later games, but she certainly had have. both feet last time I saw her. Yeah, hmm.
1: but it's a- given, given that we now know that the the main creator of this was a figure skater, I think it's kind of funny. <laughs>
2: <laughs> I uh, one of the things that I appreciate about TikTok, which is in many ways a garbage platform, but it oh, yeah. does put you in contact with people who are kind of educating you about their life. So like, there's like someone I follow who's a burn survivor, who's chronicling her like recovery from, you know, really traumatic burns. And uh, one of the people that I follow is an amputee who kind of like educates people about day-to-day life as uh, in her case, she's a below the knee amputee. Mm-hmm. Um, and it it is actually extremely painful, uh, not surprisingly to <laughs> to be an amputee and you know uh your that part of your body is not supposed to directly support weight so you get you know pain in your in your uh, in your like amputation site and skin infections from it being closed up all day and she has all these special like silicone little wrappers and stuff that she has to put on her leg so like the walking dead has never been big on like uh, the day-to-day mechanics of how these people are like, you know, eating, showering, keeping themselves safe, not succumbing to, you know, just regular run-of-the-mill illnesses. Right. Right. Um, But uh, I'm just particularly, uh, you know, <laughs> my, my, I'm just reeling a little bit at the idea of, of how this would work in, in this sort of environment. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's yeah. a great point. And, and
0: honestly, Fear the Walking Dead kind of started to hit, hit on this uh, about a season ago when Garrett Dillahunt's character finally got a cavity. And you're just, and I was just, yeah, I had been saying like this guy eats Werther's like they're, you know, like he's chain smoking. Um, (laughs) And finally he got a cavity and like pulled his own tooth. But again, there was no like infection story. He could have just died from that. And I think we have mentioned, we'd mentioned that when that was, that storyline was on the show. Just
1: just just like clean
2: water alone, you would just constantly have dysentery, you know? Mm -hmm.
1: Oh, right. Or like whatever. Um, I don't know if you, (laughs) you all ever watched the show, um, it was, like, uh, with Les Stroud, and he, he you know, he did these, him and his wife, like, early on in his career would go off, and they were like, we're going to live off the land and whatever. And, you know, they were both ill for a really long <laughs> amount of time, uh, and they both apparently had had, uh, is it, Gardia. Oh, God. For, You know, because <laughs> they were drinking just from, like, you know, a fresh mountain stream and whatever. So I just think... Um, it would be fun—not fun, but more interesting—I think—for some of these shows to touch upon that stuff and dental care certainly. I mean, that's a huge thing um, yeah. that that people could be succumb to something that doesn't seem all that obvious. Um, but um, I also have to note before we get off to the comment time thing now that we're back at it again. Apparently part of the, the story is that they, they are, they're traveling to Vermont, which of course is near and dear to my heart. Um, and they're going to be like uh, converting a ski resort into a like sanctuary. I like it. Yeah. I'm on board with that. Um, but anyway, shall we jump in?
0: Yeah. Um, let's uh, let's kick this thing off. So all of us are dead. <laughs> <laughs> All twelve episodes of the first season. We will we will do our best here. Um, director, I believe for the entire series is the same gentleman person Lee J uh, Lee JQ. Oh yeah, normal uh, Korean show. Um, you know, warnings uh, up front. We can't pronounce any names, and I'm really sorry about that. And I actually watched this episode twice that we're going to talk about today. Once with the original Korean um, and subtitles, which is usually how I prefer, and then once just with the English dub. Which actually I'm gonna say, guys, it was pretty good quality. Um, unless oh. you already unless you watched it that way too, you know.
1: Mm. Um, I watched that, it, I just watched it with the English subtitles. So
0: well, I watched it that way just to see if um, it was gonna be more or less intelligible. And I think just for the names, it was a little easier to to nail those down because it's English, English, English than person's the name, name um, as opposed to when you're listening to the Korean, it's really hard to even pick names out of some <laughs> of those sentences. Um, for the longer ones. Uh, okay, so here we've got uh, the. F- Let me just talk about the first four members of the cast who I think they're on some of the posters. And yep. by the end of this first episode, you have a real, uh, you kind of start to realize it's complicated with them. Um, and so our leading, one of our leading men is named Chong San, um, named after the restaurant Chong San Chicken. Yep. Uh, and he, he is played by Yoon Chan Young. And then we've got. Nam Anjo, his next door neighbor and his mega crush, uh, and she is played by Park Ji-hoo. Uh Choi Namra is class president, has like one line in this episode. I think they're going to have to build her up a little more, um, and she is played by Cho Yi Hyun. And then there's Lee Soo Hyuk, otherwise known as Bear Soo. And that's probably how I'm going to refer to him more often. And he is played by Park Solomon. And I've already seen some articles saying that he's the breakout star of this show.
1: Oh, yeah. Well, I think they were certainly propping him up to be that in any case. He's
0: tall. He's handsome. So, yeah. Uh, so those are, I think, are our main four. But there are there are a lot of other characters. There's a ton of characters in this show. Some of them. Right. Have I think died. I want to
1: mention, uh, like the just talk about one of the main bullying characters. Oh um, God. And I also It'd be
2: like the the mullet guy.
1: Yes, and yeah, and... that
2: guy was so evil. I, I hated that dude. Uh,
1: Gui Nam is the name of the mullet bully. And I also want to point out, I saw this whole thing that mullets are coming back, and I was just like, why again? Why do- yeah. And Weren't they
0: just in a minute ago?
1: Yeah. And the thing is, is that I feel like it was deliberate to give this guy a mullet <laughs> to make well, him the bad guy.
0: Each bully has a kind of a distinctive look. You've got the leader bully, who is weirdly the shortest one of them. I don't really oh, understand yeah, that. yeah,
1: he's really evil.
0: But he's spiky hair uh, to me. That's yeah. in my head canon. And then there's Tracksuit, um, who is kind of like
2: a, he's really tertiary. But yeah, mullet might be the worst. Yeah. mullets the worst and then there's like reluctant bully who's like doesn't really want to be there but they keep sucking him in yeah yeah
1: well, and it, then and we can't we have to i mean the um the the girl bully who is a main piece of this story from the rooftop um, is she well yeah she's on there and well let's just say i mean she's uh, look, we can talk about this as we talk about the rooftop scene no,
0: no but i want to clarify this is she track pants tracksuit pants She's first zombie girl. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, I thought she might be, but I wasn't. I couldn't. Okay. Okay. Yeah, we can we can also, keep talking about it. <laughs> yeah, which
1: is also why you know dad, bio teacher guy, is not really all that, plussed by the fact that she's like having some problems. Um. So anyway. Um. But Honestly, the, that
0: but- that rooftop scene. It's raining. She has an umbrella. Like there aren't a lot of shots of her face. I thought so. It was kind of
1: challenging. Yeah. Um, but she does say something key and makes it, oh, like even worse, a scene, like the whole thing is horrible and tragic. and, um, you know, uh, Jinsu is the the character we're seeing bullied here, and he's a main part of the story, obviously. Um, and it's it's horrific. Um, there is a lot of hit over your head, sort of uh, symbolism on the roof. You've got the sort of cross, um, and that's like the one of the main opening scenes. You see like the cross and the puddle and all of that. And there's a swastika
0: um, on a flag up there. Did yeah. You guys notice that it only it's like, cause it's raining. It's not very windy. So the flag doesn't blow very much, but there's right. a red swastika. And I don't know if it was one of those like good swastikas, the ones that are going well, the opposite the, direction or.
1: Yeah. So, I mean, the way it was it, like, I, I don't know if it's what we think it's supposed to be, but I, you know, so I don't want to, draw too many conclusions i don't think it's um because it is you know it can be like
2: it's, it's a common symbol in in right, east asia and yeah.
1: other stuff so i don't know uh, but it it would be kind of weird to have that up there with the cross i don't know anyway either symbol with the cross i guess is a,
0: and can we talk about this shot also this oh, first yeah. shot for the Maybe. scene with the scene of this young man getting beat up um, is it's like a spinning mm-hmm. going up and down. Uh, it's technically a one right. Or, but yep. there are a couple of maybe places where they could switch. They could have, yep. But, um, pretty impressed. I was, I had to go back and watch it twice, three times. Um, I, guess I
1: did as well. And that is one comment I will make at least about this first episode. And I don't know. I mean, there's 12 episodes, so we, we can see what happens, but I felt like the, um, uh whoever is doing the the artistic direction and the 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 filmography in this is like whoever the director of photography is in this it's pretty it's pretty high quality. Um uh, yeah
0: I would say top tier for a TV show
1: right um and then the sort of sense i don't know how how you both felt but just it's got that um, especially this rooftop scene um it felt like very dark and and like moody very contrasty it had a bit of honestly a bit of a blade runner feel to it it's pretty um, noir yeah yeah um you know so so i i just thought it was very cool the way it looked despite the horrific content of this first scene um And it is, you know, I would imagine if you are listening to our podcast, you're okay with these kinds of things. But I would say at the outset, this is a pretty, to me, this was a pretty difficult thing to watch. And I'm sure it will only get worse. Um, I was actually more bothered by this. Then later on in the really theory. I thought the later
0: stuff, yeah, was, the later later stuff was
2: really bad yeah
1: it's pretty bad but this is I mean this is
0: more done. this is more like hands-on I'm beating you up it, to the point of I don't know where they were trying to get him just to like lie down probably to defeat yeah he kept, maybe. Getting, he kept getting back up because also he's a zombie maybe <laughs> like yes. this is definitely a big question mark for this show is what is is his name Jinsu yeah this
1: is Jin- yeah. Is he
0: like he's clearly part zombie
1: Well, so uh, that comes to it. There's a bigger question. And so I I don't know, like part of me wonders if they retrofitted some of the ideas of COVID with this, because there are some very specific things they do with the virus, or at least I suspect they are doing um, because they're like later on the show, as we see different people infected with it, there's clearly different timelines and different ways people are being infected, right? Mm. Because you see some people that are turning really quickly and other people that are bitten and just kind of hanging out. Well, I don't know that for a if, little while, if like you're
0: talking about Anjo, I don't know that she was actually bitten.
1: I'm not talking about, well, I don't know if she's actually bitten, but the, the nurse was bitten pretty solidly. Mm-hmm. It takes a while. True. So yeah, that's, that's true. I, I, I
2: had, I had some, some real questions about the conversion, you know, the, the, the zombification timeline. Cause it's not, it's not upon death because a lot of these folks weren't injured enough to die. And it's not in some cases it's like pretty much instantaneous. Maybe it has to do with like concentration of whatever parasite or virus is is causing this. But for the guy on the rooftop, um, it really seemed to be kind of unlocked by the, the stress of the situation. Yeah. Right. Yeah.
1: yeah. So anyway, I think we're probably going to find out more about it, but there's definitely some questions I have and. I think that is an interesting idea that it's interact. Maybe the virus is interacting with different people in different ways. And depending on, you know, various factors, maybe you are affected by it differently, Um, which is a very COVID thing, but I don't know if that was just them being really, really. Well,
0: Kingdom um, also dabbles in this, right? Because um, the original, the reanimation plant, if you just uh, ingested it, Uh, And then you you turned into a zombie after you died. If your bite would not raise other zombies, you were just uh, you were just a killing machine. Right. But when they put the uh, the flesh of an infected person into the soup and then ate it, it, apparently that lent a cannibalism element to and I know these shows are not related, but I'm just trying to draw a a connection and maybe the Korean zombie mythos here. That that once they ate the the cannibal they basically ate people meat and then they all turned and were cannibalistic uh, monsters.
2: I think there's I think there's gonna two possibilities here. One is that they're gonna dive into this really deeply in the upcoming shows and we'll kind of understand what the true mechanism here um, and that is here. And then the other possibility is that the Difference in this episode was just for the purposes of tension building. And I think this show is very tongue in cheek. It references other zombie uh, forms of media. So it's not like one of those shows where like uh, we talked about this with midnight mass. It's like the the guy's obviously a vampire. And yet nobody says, "Whoa, a vampire. So they must be in like a world where there's no vampires. This is definitely a, a world where there is zombie media and people kind of like quote unquote, understand or get how zombies work. And so um, I think that kind of reflects in its approach to the audience as well, where they know that this entire episode, we're just on the edge of our seats waiting for a mass zombie event. And they keep it to the very last moment. It's all these places where like that, you know, that it could almost happen that it doesn't quite, and they could almost happen. And then finally it happens. And so um, maybe the it's just for, you know, plot convenience sake that some people take you know a day like the um like the girl who got chained up to the radiator and other people it's like instantaneous we'll we'll just have to wait and see
1: well i think we're going to find out i mean there's clearly a lot of data that they tease us with so it's going to be it's just a matter of time i think before they go into some kind of an explanation um but i did like how even from the get-go we get to see at least the 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 seed of what the beginning of this is with um, with Jinsu, and um, it you know just in how he uh, how he we see that he turns the group that is bullying him isn't totally aware of what has happened clearly um, mm. because they just see him fighting back. But I thought the effects um, I will say when he when he sort of stands up and does the weird back cracking thing, um, I thought the choreography was really cool here. Um, and it's creepy and weird. And so you know that more weirdness is going to come. Um, but I did like how they lined this up. And um, the other thing I thought was impressive, but also just a good way of storytelling is just, you know, he gets thrown off the roof. This group is nonplussed. Like they're kind of sociopaths, right? Um, and then you have this this girl um, um the girl bully um Yeonju basically saying oh you got me wet like not paying any attention to the fact that they're they're being the crap out of this kid and on the way down into the alley like a drop that no one would have survived nobody no. um he hits a sign yeah. like and shatters it and so
0: what do you think of the CGI in that I thought it was a really smooth transition it's like the yeah. first it's the first cut from the one the one shot yeah is, uh, is him going off the side and hitting the sign and and I know that you guys have been a little more critical of the um, the CGI in shows like this because we did talk about the ocean of the north
1: yeah. uh, that, that
0: deer did you feel that it was up to par up to your standards, I, I- loved it.
1: I thought this was <laughs> fine. I think this was <laughs> totally fine. This this I, I, shot I, I, and I the thought... one of
0: the nurse running out of her office, I oh, thought were yeah. really good. Yeah. Like way, like getting a practical effect and turning it into CGI and then back into practical, I thought was kind of interesting. Maybe more with the nurse than with this shot.
2: I, I was I was a little bit cool toward the oneer. I thought it was a little over the top, and I, and I couldn't quite figure out why it was so. I don't know. It, it's felt a little self-conscious to me, but the ragdoll physics of this guy falling off the roof, I thought that was awesome. I thought it was yeah. like a really, a really clean effect and the yep. and same with the nurse.
1: Yeah. Oh, the nurse was so good. <laughs> so, um, and then, you know, it just kind of keeps building this. Like, I also thought that, you know, like, like, and then just, Like playing right into the hospital scene and you get to you know the way they played this was awesome because you hear the doctor talking about all the injuries that he has and you know his dad's kind of like oh this is not good like he can overhear him and kind of sneaks into the the area where his son is and then you know you just get a little bit more and more and it's it's brutal and awful but the way of this the way that they un, like sort of roll out this story I thought was really effective. it's it's very
0: um, mysterious and I think there's a lot more for Mr. Lee to do on this show and I like his character so far he's not he's clearly not a villain at least I don't think he's a villain um maybe he will turn out to be a villain after I say that but I I, I really want to know more about what his what his game is and he's
2: the science teacher and Jinsu's dad will say so mr lee goes to the hospital where he you know is convinced to dispatch of of um jinsu with a bible which is there's your symbolism again from the rooftop um did and, you and think an exorcism scene was coming when he <laughs> held up the bible
1: i you know i was kind of like whoa what is this are they doing something very different with this <laughs> like is and then, he, no, he, the just, bible? Then he just
2: beats the beats the heck out of him with the with yeah. the bible um and i thought i thought it was interesting that for that we pull back behind the behind the curtain and this show obviously isn't afraid to get gory but it also isn't always gory like I feel like if that was the walking dead we would have seen the like head crunch and like <laughs> right. you know excruciating close up um, but what I thought was incredibly disturbing was when he's taken the suitcase with his son's oh, body I have in, in it my
1: notes. yes yeah <laughs>
2: that is that was a nightmare. Like just the arms shooting out from the side. and then, like the suitcase kind of like thumping around on the ground as, you know, Jse's reanimated body is is trying to escape. that was extremely disturbing to me,
1: but also uh, effective. And you know, even when he's walking, <laughs> with the suitcase and you can feel like the suitcase is moving around. I thought they were going to do a horrible, like face out of the suitcase thing, but they didn't really do
2: that. (laughs) I'm Um, not, I'm not sure we've seen the last of Jinsu. I think he, you know, they, they don't actually show mm -mm. his, you know, his body being, you know, whatever dismembered or something. I'm worried, I'm worried Mr. Lee's got him somewhere. There's a, there's
0: a clearly a a fair amount of time between that suitcase scene and the the next scene after the title credits. Um, so yeah, there's plenty to fill in there. Clearly that the cop who shows up later in this episode knows Mr. Lee and it could be from the Jinsu chapter. We'll we'll find, I mean, I'm, like I said, I think there's, I think Mr. Lee is a very fascinating character so far. And I wanna, I, I definitely wanna find out what, what he's been up to.
1: Right, and even in these uh, hospital scenes and as he's walking through gr- the garage, he just seems incredibly worn out and tired and overwhelmed and like, you know, he plays it, really well like he just looks totally devastated all the time um so the makeup is really good he always has like a weird sheen of sweat happening um
0: (laughs) well and he apparently smells like rotting flesh apparently
1: he smells like a rotting corpse and he looks kind of gray so um you know i i have a few ideas about that um but yeah like he is he's not doing well but he plays he plays us off um, really effectively um, I also want to the, the title credits are pretty cool yeah
0: anyway. it's short but very interesting yeah uh, which is what it, it starts off like a, it looks like some cells kind of swirling yeah. around but then morphs into just a mob of zombies it's effective yeah yeah um,
1: but anyway like Let's that's sort of all, you know, the the rooftop bully and and the hospital room and all that is pre-credit pre-titles. And then they hop right into sort of like setting the the scene, which is
0: that's also like seven and a half minutes is the rooftop bullying and the hospital room scene. It's they it's it's a lot, but it's also like they fit a lot into those seven minutes too. They do. they do. Um, and then uh, I'm loving this show for the glimpses into Korean high school life. I don't know. Oh, yeah. I've never spent any time there. So yeah. Like the, even the chimes that they play for things. I love yeah. uh, the, the fact that they have a school cleaning day, apparently I think is really, really cool. And so I really enjoyed these scenes. And again, the camera work in these scenes is like going through the floor
1: mm-hmm.
0: um, between floors and, uh, in a way that's quite seamless and i enjoy the music during this scene too
1: oh me too and it's the minutiae of the cleaning that i kind of like and just seeing just the day-to-day life and i i thought this was just a great way to show like the school to show sort of the general like like the setting for all the characters and um i also think that the color quality is really amazing in this in this show so far the
0: way they're Uh, Shooting. What? What do you mean? Like, be more specific. Is it the uniform colors, or what are you liking?
1: Um, the colorization in general, the film quality. It's. It's clearly they had a pretty big budget for this, and the lighting is really, really good.
2: American um, American uh, TV shows and movies have uh, taken a, an approach to color grading that I really hate. Really? Um, it, yeah, they it, American media these days tends to be very like yellow and desaturated. Um, so you get these. You get these images that are just like, it looks like all the color has been totally scraped out of them and people's skin tones look very kind of uh, either pallid or or sickly. Um, it, it's it's across all media, not just horror media. It happens a lot in action movies too. And so I love seeing something like this that's so kind of bright and um, slick and, and saturated. Everything just kind of pops. It, it looks really good.
1: I also think that that happens with American media because of how people are watching it. Because what you're watching on like a lot of televisions and like big screen TVs now, like especially like the like LCD and all that stuff, you have to really adjust the the color and in a way to make it not look like that. But that's part of the issue. Um, What you're looking if you watch something on your laptop versus on like a a television, it's going to look very different. case in point when I visited my mom over the holidays we had to adjust her whole thing because it looked it looked so bad So I think that's part of the issue um, is the monitor versus the actual um, media
2: itself. yeah. Yeah.
1: So uh, it's kind anyway. of like
0: getting to know you series of scenes um, following students, mopping and teachers and everybody's being nice. And there's an archery scene, which I feel like is going to be important later.
2: Yeah. And, that, I have maybe. archery feels like foreshadowing is what I have. Yeah. <laughs> right. yeah, yeah. Um, uh,
0: but then we we go into this, the, the science lab where and I did I had not made the connection. That this was the same young woman. But she's wakes up from a nap and these other people are leaving her alone. And then she makes a classic horror mistake, which is investigating the noise.
1: Yeah, she made a couple of mistakes here and mistakes that I almost wish they had played a little differently. Um, but also it just shows sort of the non-loyalty people have to each other. Like she told her friends to wake her up. They're all like, should we wake her up?
0: That's a total theme. That's a mega theme for this show. Right. Like it's people do really... People like there, there are very few Samaritans and very right. few people willing to lend a hand. And I feel, yeah, definitely feel you on that.
1: Right. Um, but she goes to explore the noise. And I have to say, you know, I don't the squirrel that's trying to break into my apartment right now. I have no desire to get near it. Um, and he's not busting out of a big metal cage thing. Do you think that someone would actually put their hand anywhere near this weird little hamster? I don't.
0: After it's been moving the entire metal box.
1: Right. Like, and I certainly don't think people would be looking at it and saying, oh, it's cute, which is kind of what she does. And I, I think it would have been better if she had taken the thing off and it, it like while she was doing it, it had actually like accidentally bitten her. She didn't get her hand out of the way in time instead of her trying to kind of like, what was she, was she trying to pet the hamster? I don't know, but I just don't buy that any normal person would be trying to pet this thing and it definitely you wasn't know, cute talking
2: to, talking about a high school student though like they're you know i think we're going to see this I over, and over all... again they have very very poor decision making skills i was younger than high school but i have a vivid memory of being about 10 or 11 years old and working in our uh schools like community garden i don't know, digging to plant some peas or something, and there was a gopher th- in there, and everybody was like, "Ah, gopher, gopher!" And I was like, "I'll just pick this gopher up and move it to a different, like, you know, patch of dirt." And I picked it up and it immediately bit me. And I remember just fe- feeling so betrayed. Like that's when Kyle learned about, like, you know, the true, you know, uh, ferocity of nature or something. Kyle, are um, you
1: carrying a zombie virus? Is this what you're
2: telling us? Ever since 1997, <laughs> no. It's oh a long God. burn.
1: A really long burn. God, that I, is I, hilarious.
2: <laughs> it was like it was like so fast too. I picked it up and it was just immediately like, "What the fuck?" I'm being carried by a giant and bit me on the finger. Okay, uh, so I, gonna, I felt, some. I'm gonna to be
1: me. I'm gonna be kind to you, Kyle, because gophers are cute, and I you were ten. This mouse
2: was not cute. Yeah, and I yeah, I was ten, but you know I don't I don't know. I, it, I I I extend some uh I have a greater suspension of disbelief for the decision made by. Uh, young protagonists in movies because young people often don't have uh you know those critical thinking skills yet
1: okay so this is my problem with like like i feel like a lot of well no but in general for like the ya genre i feel like people try to play it both ways so depending on the scene they're like oh they have great judgment or judgment beyond their years or whatever or they have no judgment in this case, I don't believe it, and I do think that a high school student would be smart enough not to like put her hand into pet a rabid, creepy looking hamster. I mean, this thing looks diseased; it's like creepy looking. <laughs> um, yeah. So, anyway, an, an
0: example of that kind of duality in writing, I think, is is good in, in Alicia's character in *Fear the Walking Dead*, where in yeah. season two she is easily taken in by con men. And then in season three, she can calculate the amount of oxygen in a room and the number of people that are in it and how long they have to breathe. And she's a high school dropout. And so you're just, well, she is because of the zombie apocalypse, not because she wasn't a great student. But yeah, so she, it, I, I would agree that they are um, people this age are, are frequently written to make bad choices. But then you can also have them be geniuses. And it, it is difficult to, to square that circle.
1: Yeah. But anyway, that aside, there, there we have it patient beta or possibly beta um i will say that this is like an incredibly creepy scene because the uh the biology teacher mr lee um sees her realizes she she you know got bitten by this thing and Immediately goes out. And again, they do a really good job at like hiding certain things. They're not going to show you the full, the full picture, but the noises are more than enough and creepy enough. And he like drags her back into the room Um, and so, and ties her to a radiator um so that... which
2: was which was hilarious like this is a way funnier show than i expected and the like the way that he just kind of like yoinks her back into
1: the i know car. it's very cartoonish <laughs> it's so
2: definitely a yoink
0: but i don't know that uh, i found this funny when you're like oh yeah the, the teacher just assaulted the student i mean granted she's a zombie now but um i, I, I don't think i was feeling the comedy of it other than the yoink was um pretty great timing on Mystery's part yeah.
1: I would say it's dark comedy but I would agree it's it's a bit of comedy because it's just very like oh you, you're getting at it it's just like a, a little tropey thing that I I kind of enjoy enjoyed it felt a little Scooby-Doo-ish like <laughs> yeah,
0: okay in the next scene uh it's an exterior it's brighter and we start to meet some of our core cast um in this scene it's we we meet Chang San and his buddy who's I, I, I don't know his name but he's kind of he might be a comic relief character. He definitely is, because the way he talks with his mouth full later. Yeah. Um, but apparently he doesn't smell great. Yeah. We'll find out. We'll find out. Uh, so they're, you know, they're all talking about Chong San, his mom's restaurant, and and how they've moved and are going to do a reopening. But they've kept the name Chong San, and he really doesn't like that, because that's his name. And he's like, Mom, why can't you change the name of the restaurant? God, you suck. Uh, and we also meet Anjo, uh, and they... What do you guys think of the Anjo San relationship? Do you are you do you uh, ship them? Do you like them? Are they t- are they too familiar? Can they never be star-crossed lovers?
1: I mean, I think it's like a very tropey thing, right? Um, and I, you know, it didn't shock me that this is what they were trying to do. Their neighbors that have lived together—this is all normal. I mean, we've seen it in many films: the Anna and the Apocalypse and all that kind of thing. And um what's interesting is that they, you know, at least on, on his end, he tries to play it off and act like she's annoying all the time. But he gives her like some um sorry about that. Uh S-
0: slow motion, hair wavy staring scenes. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Like so they 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 are trying to ship them and from his point of view you can see that he likes her though he doesn't say that to other people.
0: Yeah he kind of sucks in that regard.
1: Yeah he's really bad. Um and you know she is very insistent that she likes somebody else and who can blame her because Bear Su is pretty cute. Um and seems like a stand-up guy. Um so he is
0: the ducky in this scenario.
1: I would say uh I, I would say definitely Chansen is the ducky here. Mm. Don't you think? I,
2: I like their I like their their dynamic. It feels very believable to me, yeah. including the fact that he's you know pretty much a doofus about everything
0: he is a doofus and i I, the first time i watched this episode i was like you know i like i like the way that they can punch each other uh, or she can Mm -hmm. kick him and they're still friends afterwards but um i also think yeah they're just really uh they're they're broken as a (laughs) like they don't communicate she's not very good at communicating with anyone she frequently or at least a couple times in this episode says something like oh my god what am i gonna do and the person she's talking to is like what what do you mean she's like nothing
1: I know, but, uh, but, you know, her friend, her friend that she, she has these interactions with, you can see why. Cause once her friend finds out her friend, like pretty much broadcasts it to everybody. Yeah, so, true. um, but it is very teenage-y in terms of that kind of stuff. Um, and like any good, uh, YA show we've got, you know, Johnson liking Anjo Anjo liking bear bearsu bear like liking, uh, Namra and, so, you know, but nobody at this point likes each other. <laughs> um, only that, that, uh, the little, um, the, the very sweet bullied students, um, that we see in the second bullying scene. Yeah. They, they do like each other but. Well.
0: It's does tragic. she like him enough because <laughs> i that, that's, that's i don't a know that she likes
1: him enough but she definitely likes him because she pretty much says that like two two nerds liking each other how pathetic is that you know yeah um so
2: yeah and here we're getting into like the really kind of like b- b- fucked up stuff that's happening at this high school like right yeah uh, you know the th- I think one of the reasons why I wasn't too disturbed by the opening scene was the lack of context. Like I didn't really know who any of these characters were or why they were beaten up on this dude or anything. Um, But we're coming up on the scene where they're essentially uh, like blackmailing this girl with, with revenge porn. And um, the, the dynamics of this are extremely uncomfortable, supposed to be uncomfortable, but extremely uncomfortable. And um, that that scene I, I found really more difficult to watch than just about anything else in this episode. Where...
1: I, I agree. I also think that they do a good job at basically showing the lives of the students, and the students all know what's going on, and there's sort of this under underlying like there's all sorts of different little stories happening. Some are positive and innocuous and just sort of the normal high school stuff. And some of them are really disturbing and psychologically damaging things that these kids are doing to each other. And the adults have no idea of what's happening. And so that, it's all basically yeah. happening under the adults' noses. They're not providing any any sort of help or assistance. And the students are kind of on their own in this little microcosm of a high school. Um, except, you know, I would say the one sort of, ex- not that, they know what's going on, but um, Andro's dad, like they have a little breakfast scene, and he's basically, I mean, this is a little negative. He's like, You're gonna suck on your tests. Oh, God, that's I okay. love that
0: conversation. I love it well, so that's much. That's
1: okay. That just eat, eat healthily and be happy. You don't need to worry about test scores, which yeah. you know, your, at least your grades he,
0: don't matter when you get into a car accident,
1: <laughs> right? At least he's not like pressuring her on that point, but a little encouragement might be okay too. <laughs> yeah, they're
0: they, they have a pretty messed up relationship too. Um, I, I enjoyed these breakfasts, uh, the breakfast scenes here um and and then that that the breakfast scene leads into um them going to school and i thought that this was fascinating too the fact that all these kids are leaving for school like 20 Mm -hmm. minutes too late yep (laughs) why does everybody have to sprint to get to school uh i don't i mean i used to walk a mile to school every day for high school and i don't remember ever being late um
1: was it uphill in a storm
0: no it was very flat it's chicago Uh, but yeah, sometimes in a storm and although when it was really bad, I would get a ride, but, um, yeah, dude, you just leave on time and you can walk as slow as you want, you know, like,
1: well, and also if they're monitoring people this closely, like they actually, the teachers actually have timers and sticks (laughs) or something (laughs) like, I don't know. It seems pretty extreme to me, but
2: yeah, I would have struggled here. I was like the kid who was always getting like a note sent home being like, your child has exceeded the max number of, you know, tardy arrivals they can have in one semester or something like that so i i would i would have I been getting wrapped on the knuckles a lot
0: uh, i just thought that those scenes were were funny but also another like interesting glimpse into uh what might be a normal thing going on in uh, in korean high school life is this like right. like desire to jaywalk into traffic to get to school on time right uh kind of crazy but that does go from it's from those kind of like get getting to school on time scenes. We go into the second bullying scene, which I agree with Kyle. It was very, very disturbing. Um, and then bear Sue is introduced here too, and tries to intercede. And like, like he's the only one in this show so far being a, a good Samaritan. Like he's definitely hey. a hero character. Cause he does it again later for Namrai, saves her life actually, but he tries to save these two um, kids who are getting bullied, the boy and the girl and because the video has already been taken mullet who's so evil mm-hmm. uh just has to say like i'll share this with your mom we're friends on facebook which is hardcore and they're like they voluntarily go back into the the bullying chamber uh of this construction site and bear has to walk away like well eh, i guess that didn't work out and, and it's kind of incongruous to go from that to him getting hit on by anjo um which i thought was kind of an interesting juxtaposition for the show too
1: right and i also think though i mean we learned some key information here one is that bears who used to be actually part of this true um and they comment on that and it's like oh you to like to have fun like this with us so that's something something might have happened i don't know with it like where he stopped doing that so i think we'll probably find out a little bit more about that later um but the other part is how powerless the kids that are bullying feel and how much power the bullying group has in the school and we do see more of this later like um this this girl in the scene is later on completely bawling her eyes out in class as this as mullet guy um uh is writing like slurs on the back of her shirt and granted it is mr lee so he's got other things going on But he does not stop. Nam. he doesn't even notice it uh, from like he doesn't notice that this kid is like basically right behind her and she's bawling her eyes out. And so you kind of understand later, like why these kids are not willing to pull themselves out of this, because basically she says this is only going to get worse later. We might as well just deal with it now, Um, which is a pretty horrible feeling for somebody to have i get the Um,
0: impression mr lee is trying to help in his way with his really scary story about viruses but uh it doesn't have the effect that he's hoping it will have that's no and there's no
1: and if that is his way it's kind of passive and not a direct intervention um and
0: i would say an exception to this kind of like every nobody cares everybody's just kind of doing their own thing and letting any letting the kids do their lore of the flies the exception to that is mrs park who is the english teacher i assume she's english teacher because she's teaching in english and um she seems to legitimately care about her students. She does say some weird stuff to Anjo about last year's phone. I did not understand the the um, relevance
2: of that. I think it meant that she
1: had her new phone, so she was keeping her phone on her and just handing in a dummy phone. Oh, yeah,
2: and and that the teacher was so familiar with the class that she even recognized like, you know, what model of phone they had at this moment in time. Um, she's also the only one who notices that. Uh, that the girl's gotten missing the bully girl or yeah. the zombie girl. Yeah. Yeah.
0: And she's concerned and she goes and talks to Mr. Lee and questions him like a couple of times to the point where he's like, yeah, I already told you uh, I didn't see her. So yeah. Mrs. Park is the cool teacher. She gives, she gives a darn uh, and she's going to be a hero. Right. She's going to whip these kids into shape as a, as a post-apocalyptic community.
1: Yeah.
0: That's my prediction.
1: Um, I will also say in the bullying scene, we find out because part of why they're bullying the, um, the guy um, is that he talked to them, talked to teachers and told them what had happened. And so that like, there's been no, for, for the most part, like he's still in their crosshairs and more so because he actually told. So again, teachers, adults are powerless to help the students that are being bullied, or at least that's kind of what they're implying here. Um, So yeah, so I also say like Mrs. Park's class um, also is a good little, you know, scene to see, you know, we see a lot of the students, you know, talking to each other. They're sort of like, again, the sort of normal stuff that happens in a high school class with the dark story about this student that's gone missing. and how nobody knows where she is and the probably the ones who were t- told to wake her up were like oh yeah last time i saw her she was in the science lab um and i don't know her interaction with mr lee he's being pretty disturbing here so but there is a thing with this st- the teachers in this school that they don't they're not supposed to get outside help it's all supposed to be um dealt with internally because they don't want to like ruin their rating so that's yeah. also an interesting
0: that that's an insane scene that comes later yeah. in the principal's office um like uh on a couple levels number one i love his decor i love those chairs i want to sit oh, yeah. on those chairs great uh but they're so close together like when they do they actually have conferences at these chairs where they're like sitting facing they're each other from each one, other. one foot away uh, but also, yeah, it, like this is definitely a, a familiar Korean zombie film trope of the people in charge are just more concerned about their bottom line or yep. their their prestige.
2: It's and so it's like it's like the uh, it's the the mayor in Jaws. Yep. Oh, yeah, totally.
1: Like, they all yeah. should be wearing little anchor coats. <laughs>
2: yeah.
0: <laughs> Open the beaches. <laughs> uh, yeah. So the fact that he would say to one of his teachers who called an ambulance for a student who was bleeding and like clearly had been in a, you know, a traumatic accident or incident um, and is like, you should never have called the ambulance. That's crazy. Um, I mean, I, he has a point though, cause their their nurse's office is pretty well kitted out. I mean, they should they have hospital beds.
1: Yeah, but it's still, I mean, aside from the physical injuries, they at this point don't know. I mean, a teacher has kept a student locked up. She looks like she's been beaten and who knows what else. So, and they're giving, they're giving Mrs. Park a hard time for calling the police. And, but clearly, she's she's
0: threading the line. She's saying to her students, like, we have to corroborate this. Don't talk to anybody. Right, right. So she's at least like, I think she does the right thing, which is like, look, a student has was missing and has turned up bloody. She's saying this. So she doesn't even say that to the cops that we know of. Maybe they did because they show up with their handcuffs out. But um, it feels like she is at least approaching this in a rational way, which is, again, why Mrs. Park is probably going to be a primary hero character.
1: Or zombie meat. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Um, But in the midst of all this weird stuff, because, you know, they we get we get to see this. I mean, it's a really disturbing scene when they bring her into the nurse's office and she's like, her her temperature's low. We, we get some of the key elements of this infection and she bites people. And then they take her off to the hospital and we know how that's going to go. Um, but then they go back to school. And, you know, Anjo, after this very traumatic scene, is like, you know what? This is a good time to let bearsu know how I feel. And
0: it, this is important for, you know, they don't no, know. I'm
1: just saying it's just like really no it makes sense like it's a it's definitely a teenage thing she's like all right she's in the ambulance she's off doing okay i'm gonna tell bear sue i'm gonna give him my name tag which i guess means that they want to go out and he is really concerned that she's you know with Sean sen and asks him directly if they're together
0: well he runs but- right up during this moment too so uh, bear sue okay. isn't really given an opportunity to respond
1: True. But then we see later, I think we, we know pretty much who he's interested in based on his interactions later, but yeah,
2: yeah. But before we move past it, uh, when they're taking, um, the zombie girl to the nurse's office, they carry her in the most insane way to carry an injured person that I've ever seen in my oh, life. is yeah. a piggyback is a rescue was like carry. Piggyback right. right? No, it's like Bear what are you doing? Do a fireman's carry, do anything. Yeah, else. no, I know
1: it was <laughs> weird. Back, right?
2: And then secondly, um, and I guess we'll get there, but like you said that she's biting people. Did, did she bite people or just person? Because if Nam got bit, it's taken a really long time to develop into anything, right? Like, uh, so the nurse definitely gets like really her forearm like munched on, and that's why she is about to convert here pretty soon. But Nam's got her arm wrapped up for a, like a good thirty-five minutes of this episode. She with describes no apparent it, signs. She
0: describes it as a scratch, right? Yeah. I mean, in the in the scene, it looks like there might have been teeth on flesh contact. Uh, and Bear Sue also describes it as she just got hurt trying to get away or trying to help yeah. um, the girl. So, so I, I feel like there's a few different stories. And this is completely, you know, purposeful, of course, because also they didn't show the nurse getting bitten earlier. It's a flashback. Uh, yeah. So I, I like the fact that they're, they're kind of setting us up to be like, oh, you were secretly bitten and now we're going to reveal this. And now you're in a room with a zombie yeah so right. that's that's gonna and be, I, a, I
2: think i think noms thing might be like a red herring like, i got i think it, it yeah. seems like if she were going to convert she'd have done it by now
0: and what is another red herring is this sweaty pregnant girl or whatever's going on with this girl with the bowel stuff like yeah
2: there's what's, multiple what's scenes
0: happening? with this girl she's trying to talk to the nurse when they come in with the, the zombie girl and then she leaves the school campus um walking very slowly holding her abdomen and and so big question mark on this character too
2: this is kind of what i was talking about at the beginning with like they're really like toying with your expect expectations here because like the initial like you know i guess uh patient beta since like uh alpha was was um jinsu yeah jinsu in the beginning um but she gets carted off and and taken away to the hospital and so then life at the school goes back to normal for like a good couple of hours with you know the kids kind of going back into their own little worlds for a while before we get the the true outbreak and and so during this time is when I really had the most like where's this going to come from like where what from what like avenue are they, uh, is is something going to happen here And yeah, of course, it ends admit,
1: the nurse. I, I admit I thought something was going to happen Um, with anjo i thought it was going to be her because of how much they were playing up the the bandage i do think she something happened to her i think she is infected because of something that happens at the end of this episode um okay um but um you know i like i also was like okay so how is what's going to happen in the school i thought something was going to happen you know and we do see mr lee sort of like the police come for him um, he, he, like all characters in this kind of a series is like, no, wait, you don't understand. She needs to be quarantined without giving any kind of helpful information that might actually be, you know, useful to people. There was a um, scene do take her to, to
2: the hospital. She needs to be chained to a radiator in the back right, right, Not even I, chained, <laughs> zip tied. And he knows how strong I, these things are. Uh, I mean, even these,
1: duct tape is not doing its job here. There was a um, scene
0: of him talking into a, uh, like a recorder Uh, Mm -hmm. like he was leaving video vlog basically about his research. And I think that that will come in handy later too. Um, Certainly if he doesn't make it into very far into the season, that maybe they can use some of his notes to, uh, to parse like what they're dealing with.
1: Yeah. um, But anyway, so we, but then the mystery is solved because obviously the nurse got bitten and we saw that. I thought that the, the conversion scene was pretty amazing. And then how the students discover her is pretty i i thought everything about this was pitch perfect it was so good
0: yeah this Um, was a kind of the sort of scene you would expect to see maybe a little sooner but they've been working on a lot of character development um and and again i think this cgi here where she runs at spiky hair and tracksuit and then bounces off that wall and then suddenly is an actor again um Mm -hmm. i thought that was a pretty incredible bit of cgi but it was clearly cgi so i don't know Uh, like where you guys fall on that
1: it was, but I was okay with it here. It was pretty fast moving. Um, and I did think that the choreography here in the hallway was done really well. And then as they follow the action throughout the rest of the school, I thought this was artful and kind of amazing.
0: The effects on Tracksuit's face after oh, he's bitten. Uh, and turns, which takes seconds, uh, like, as you were saying earlier, yeah, nurse gets bit on the wrist and turns maybe 30 minutes later. It's hard to tell exactly how long it's been since the girl got taken away in the ambulance. Um, tracksuit t- turns in
2: seconds. Um, yep. and maybe it's what- like, you know, proximity to the brain mm-hmm. and like amount of the stuff transferred, like, you know, maybe. depth of the bite kind of thing. Cause it took a long time for, for the mouse bite to develop, um, or hamster bite rather. Yeah. I, I don't know if we're going to get more specificity on that later. Right. But what
1: did you think of the effects, Kyle? Were you bothered by it or did you, were you okay with it?
2: No, I, I, especially, uh, the, the nurse coming out was, was pretty brutal. I like that a lot. Um, and it, you know, it, it can draw you in by just being kind of, you know, mysterious and, and well composed, even if the actual, you, you overlook the CGI in that instance. And so I thought that the kind of shot where they find her and start um, taping her where she's just kind of standing like barefooted the other way with kind of this weird, you know, ethereal like stance um, was very spooky. So I, I wasn't, I wasn't taken out of it here at any point. And of course all of this culminates in kind of the, the coup de grace shot of the entire, um, maybe the entire show, which is uh, the just all the windows exploding as um, zombies and, well, and kids push out everywhere.
1: I thought that reveal and the scene before that is, I thought it was really well done. Mm-hmm. Um, the two bullied students, um, you know, the the bullied girl is basically going to commit suicide, and the bullied boy is trying to get her to stop. And then, you know it seems like it's not going too well. And like, she's still going to make that decision, but instead you see all the zombies pitching out the windows and that like just that shot from the rooftop was really good. Um, and then following that action. And, you know, I thought that that was, um, I wonder how many times they needed to take that shot and to do that stunt <laughs> it's just because it's pretty, <laughs> it's pretty action. And all of this, I mean, pretty action, heavy, very quick moving. Um, and then just mayhem kind of like spreading throughout the school. But weirdly in the lunchroom, it gets there kind of last. It's, mm-hmm. you know, we still have Anjo basically um, worried about whether Bear Sue likes it or not. And, you know, trying to get Sean uh, San to help her with it. And he's clearly devastated. But I think
0: this is part of the statement that the show is already starting to make, which is all right. this like petty drama of, of high school life is going to very quickly become uh, you know obsolete and meaningless and, and it's probably most blatantly painted with the the bullied kids yeah going through their life or death struggle on the roof but yeah. uh, also you've got like yeah the last thing that Changsan and anjo say to each other he's like he's kind of blowing her off and she's saying you're not my friend and you're like oh yeah. man this is this feels like a big moment for those characters if yep. the zombie apocalypse wasn't about to arrive but then it does and so i, I think it'll be interesting to see how they continue to do these relationships, if they're going to um, mature everything very quickly, or if they're going to still be kind of petty and love quadrangly about it. And
2: I'm I'm not, I'm not so sure. I I think that part of the um, theme of this show is likely to be that even in the zombie apocalypse you know, these these uh, petty things are still or, you know, these these kind of smaller concerns are still very important to to high school students. I, I think this I think they're going to double down on that, because otherwise, I don't think they would have spent so much time establishing all these dynamics in the first episode very carefully between That's all fair these, these characters. Yeah.
1: But speaking of smaller concerns, the squirrel is, again, trying to get into the apartment. So if you can <laughs> hear that, I'm sorry.
0: no. I can't.
1: Um, I'm going to leave this episode to then go turn into a zombie. Apparently, <laughs> um, but no, I think you're right, Kyle. I think that's they're definitely going to have those contrasts. I think throughout these this whole series, where it's going to be, you know, the sort of weird, sort of navel gazing type themes versus life and death situations. And I also think that that's going to probably set apart certain characters, right? I mean, we do see that Chansen does care for Anjo. Um, we do see that bearsu is interested in, in Namra and then he indeed saves her. And he, at this point is one of the only character, uh, teenage characters we've seen that has, has actually helped other, mm-hmm. other kids in the school. And so I think we're going to probably that is probably going to be one of the main themes of this whole deal
0: for um, sure yeah because anjo says to San, like why can you not help me even once i mean she's asking for help getting right. him to give up his love for her which he's not going to be able to do but still yeah the the point stands um and so HJ, you hinted at this a moment ago but when the zombies break into the lunchroom anjo is kind of frozen in terror and a zombie gets right up on her and roars in her face And then we cut to black and credits. So you're thinking because of that slight hesitation that we haven't Mm -hmm. seen, you think that she's infected.
1: Yeah, because I feel like they made a point of showing how immediate it was with everybody else. She's sitting there as like a sitting duck. And that zombie is not immediately attacking her and hey maybe i i feel like she's a main character and so we're not gonna see her bite it yet but maybe i'm wrong so to yeah. speak um but it seems like there was enough of a pause and almost like the zombie was smelling her or something and so and we know about the corpse smell on the teacher and about you know the the patient the beta patient or whoever the 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 girl that was locked to the radiator. So I feel like there's something there that maybe she's infected and it knows. Um, and therefore the virus, it's not, the it doesn't want to spread it because it's already been spread to her. But I think we'll probably find out more, hopefully in the next episode.
0: Um, I'm very excited to learn more about the layout of this school and tactically how they can um, make parts of it safe. Cause it feels like this thing is everywhere. Maybe there's a floor, like an admin floor where it, it hasn't gotten yet. I was really hopeful that this pedestrian bridge was gonna be like a great choke point. Um, and so I, I'm really looking forward to seeing how the, honestly, also the set, how gorgeous. Like it's, oh, yeah. it's, it's big, it's by this giant river, the exterior shots I think are really nice. Um, I think the set, if it's one place, it might be multiple places in and in like, you know, a studio, but, um, uh, or a set in, interior but um, i'm looking forward to seeing more of the school um, and and you know next steps of like barricading stuff off and how they're going to make it work
1: well and i mean pretty much every room that we've seen has an enormous number of windows or glass and True. that includes the lunchroom the only place we've really seen that doesn't is the teachers lounge which is also why they are helpfully ignorant or not so ignorant as we find out about what's happening i mean we have Mrs. Park arguing with the the principal about, you know, he's all upset because kids are calling and saying zombies, and he's like, <laughs> "Let's just keep it quiet." And they don't <laughs> seem to be fully aware of the melee that's happening outside, or some of them do. It's just a really weird scene. Um, but helpfully, they can't really see outside of this lounge; like it's pretty blocked off. Hey,
0: have so. you have you seen the next episode, AJ? No, not yet. Okay, I thought that that scene happened before the outbreak. Oh, maybe, yeah.
1: No, because he's like the the principal is like, have I seen the next episode? I don't think so. Uh,
0: because that this principal's office scene happens before Spiky Hair and Tracksuit find the nurse.
1: Oh,
2: yeah, and they were talking about calling the police, and then at the end, the oh, that's about
1: that Mister Lee. Yeah, yeah but yeah. the but regardless, they are ignorant of things going on in the school. So that's and they're very concerned about keeping an interior, um, an interior policy, basically an insular yeah. policy, like let's handle this insane thing on our own. Yeah. Um,
0: we have a couple so- of cops though on campus. So that will, that'll play in too.
2: I, I love the, I love the just sense of chaos, you know, um, the, the, the situation turns from you know non-existent or manageable to just total chaos extremely quickly and and the way that was filmed was was very satisfying i thought to to close out this episode
1: um and we don't really i mean did you see any adults in the lunchroom
2: i don't think so no
1: they're doing this whole thing so that's another kind of weird People. those are really
0: tight tightly framed shots though like it's usually just of kids faces i feel like maybe there are some with kids in the background but but um,
1: even like, wouldn't there normally be yeah. some kind of adult supervision?
0: This school is very Lord of the Flies, as we've already established. <laughs> it seems like the gym teacher well, and the guy with the phone and the stick are the two, uh, you know, deans of, of students, maybe, who, who tell people when they're late and get demerits, and and they might be upstairs with the principal uh, dealing with Mr. Lee. Right. Uh, but yeah. Um, so anyway, what do what what are your impressions? Are you excited for the rest of the show? Does it feel like it's going to be too much to handle,
2: Kyle? I'm excited. I think it's. I, I'm I'm worried that, uh, like AJ said, with with twelve episodes, it'll kind of start to get a little repetitive. But we'll see where it goes. I I really, um, it could it could broaden out in directions that that we're not expecting. And so far, I'm enjoying it, and it's 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 not too serious, which is kind of nice. You know, it's just, it. it's more just kind of like entertainment to, at this, at this point in time, which, which will be fun.
1: Yeah. I, so far I'm enjoying it. I think the only thing I I'm hoping that if it all takes place here, I think we might run out of some stuff, but maybe that we'll get to see something at different parts of the city. Cause we do have, you know, the patient that was taken to the hospital. So that's obviously going to sort of spread it far and wide um so i think that if they do it right it might it might continue this momentum but that remains to be seen so far i like it i think if they evolve these characters it's not as creepy um but yeah i mean you i think you totally uh hit the nail on the head with the lord of the flies reference because that's that's kind of what it already feels like to me and so i think um they're gonna have to knock out the adults or the adults are going to continue to be truly unhelpful um so that's because well, i'm
2: also simultaneously watching yellow jackets which is also essentially a, a lord of the flies retelling so it just <laughs> this is lord of the flies moment right now <laughs> for some reason right. uh in year two of the pandemic we're just obsessed with knowing how <laughs> how a bunch of young people would do if they were locked in a room together. Well,
0: Kyle, there is no before when you join the undersea.
2: That's my second Station Eleven reference for anybody who's
0: keeping track. (laughs) Uh, Okay, well, um, I'm...
1: Wait, have you read the book yet, Stuart, or are you just watching the show?
0: I finished the show. I I don't think I'm going to pick up the
2: book right now.
1: Okay.
2: It's a good book. I uh, I read it a really long time ago, but I remember enjoying it. Um,
1: But... In any case, well, I look forward to talk about the next episode, seeing who survives, who doesn't, um, and just kind of seeing where this little apocalypse goes. I mean, I'm definitely waiting for the big reveal with Mr. Lee. And I don't know, the one thing about those cops, when they came to pick him up from the teacher's lounge, like, there didn't, I don't know, like, if there's more of them out there, if they kind of, like, I would expect that they would want to go and interview some of the students about what had happened. But, Good luck with that. <laughs> but now that may be a moot point. So you yeah. will see. But um, and I also want to say that I think we're gonna probably see more, or I don't know, maybe it'll be bad because Anjo's dad went in the ambulance with the main patient.
0: Yeah, that doesn't so, probably bode well.
1: Um, so that does not bode well for him. Um, so I feel, but I feel like he's going to make a reappearance at some point as zombie or otherwise. Mm-hmm. So, so we'll have to see about that. But overall, I'm I'm okay. I'm enjoying this. Like, I think that the, the way this is done, um, seriously, I mean, South Korea is doing an incredible job with content and uh, they're really... They're really challenging. I think everybody else, because this is this has been this is a pretty good production.
0: Well, it's the willingness to invest this much into a project right. like this. You couldn't. I mean, other than Zack Snyder, who then went on to make a, you know, a prequel about safe jacking, uh, cracking, <laughs> which made. I just watched Army of Thieves this week, and I was like, <laughs> I don't understand. I do not get it. But um, it's a fun movie. But I don't. I don't. Get why does it have to be in this universe? Yeah. Um, like nobody else is willing to put that much money into zombies. and South Korea right. is obviously really uh, really into it right now, so uh, I'll take it.
1: Yeah, agreed. it
2: feels to me like you know a lot of it's based on you know um, manga or anime. so maybe it's not as like quote unquote original as it feels, but it it really feels to me like you have to go to South Korea to get a lot of kind of original storytelling. Like everything in American media right now is like adaptations or sequels or Mm. remakes and so i think the success of things like squid game and parasite and this are just that they're you know totally original uh ideas and and movies that are being made with with you know reasonable budgets Mm.
1: well we were also kyle we were also saying that like the production companies and, and things that have set up there they are investing a lot of money and then also um the talent pool Um, in South Korea for effects and all that. I mean, they are basically like, hey, we have the opportunity here to do these kinds of projects and the investment is there. And so they really are making, I think, um, just incredible strides in terms of the The types of things that they're putting out and the stories they're putting out, and I do think I agree with you. I think their strength is that they're putting out original content versus remakes and retools um, of older content. And I kind of wish we would see more original content overall. Um, mm-hmm. And I, I mean, look, I, I think Apple TV is doing a lot, um, but there's still obviously. Um, in general, I think that the tendency is, oh, well, this this like fan base is really a rabid fan base, so we're just going to kind of keep doing the Marvel storylines, et cetera, et cetera. Um, so I don't know. I, I'm enjoying this 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 new competitor. I think I think it's going to be, especially for the zombie genre and the horror genre, I think it, it's going to be really something to see what else comes out of here. Yeah,
0: I haven't been reading all of the uh, critical response, but I'm seeing a lot of very favorable headlines. And Rotten Tomatoes is currently rating the show 100% uh, critically, which is only based on like eight reviews, I think. But um, that's that's great. And so I think, uh, you know, there might be more to come as, as people have a minute to, to watch the whole show. It's only been out for a day as we record this, right. um, but we will continue to review this. And, and I, th- I think it'd be great if, uh, if folks out there who are watching wanted to let us know what they think about it. You can get at us. On the twitter reanimated pcast you can email us at reanimatedpodcast at gmail.com and our show notes are online at reanimatedpodcast.com um kyle thank you so much for joining us i hope that uh you have it in you to do a couple more of these if not the whole
2: 12 hour run for sure pleasure to be here thank you for having me
1: yeah and uh, so do we want to what do we want to do a couple the next time is that the idea
0: I'd, I'd be, I mean, it might be a, a lot to, to process, but maybe we can take a slightly more thematic approach to it. Um, yeah, I'd be up for it.
1: I mean, yeah, I think we should do that. And if it does become too much, we can cut it up. But, you know, I mean, there's just going to be the rain and the screaming next time, right?
0: That's all it's going to be. Just 70 minutes is the next episode <laughs> <laughs> of running and screaming. I can't wait. Okay. Uh, let's do a sign off. Kyle, you get to do one. Okay. Do you want to do the first one? And uh, no.
2: <laughs> do you want to go last? <laughs> sure.
0: All right. Uh, so thank you again for tuning in and we'll, we'll, uh, we'll be back with more. All of us are dead next time on reanimated. So ta-ta.
1: Yep. Until next time. Ciao. I don't have one.
2: <laughs> uh, (laughs) See you next time.